Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Uh, time for your favorite part of the week and your favorite podcast. This is The Pod Has Spoken. I'm your host, Tyson Apostle, and I am here today with a very special guest, a Survivor super fan and senior writer for the NBA at ESPN, Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, how are you? I'm good. Do you know how excited I was when I got your message to come do this? I was hoping you would because there was two ways it could have actually there were three ways it could have gone like no I hated you on token chains you treated people like you were better than them which I was yeah, you were and better. then the other yeah and then the other <laughs> one was like I love you or then the other one was uh with indifference so I'm glad that you I think my husband was actually more excited was he I was like no Tyson wrote me his name is Nevin I'm like Nevin Tyson wrote me he wants me to come on his podcast he's like Tyson. Oh my God. Like you were, well, you had sort of a metamorphosis in the second time when you played the last time, right? Sure. Like you became a little kinder and gentler, but I think I was always that kind and gentle. I just masked it more. Yeah. Yeah. And also like you're like on the first one, you were sort of, you were, you were leaning into the role, like the villain role. Right. And you kind of understand and yeah, you know how the edit's going to be. I was young and single and arrogant and figured that I was like in the best shape of my life. And I knew I had to go hard because yeah. then you get invited back, which is part of the game. So, right. yeah. Uh, so are you doing this podcast just to spite your husband? Like, so um, he's jealous? Oh, yeah, he's he's very jealous. He, he, he'll he probably come in here once he gets the kid down for his nap, anyway. just so he can say hi. Okay, yeah. good. That, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, last but not least, my fact checker, uh, appointed by the network, but whom I've grown to love, uh, Riley McAtee. Riley, what's up, dude? Hey, Tyson. I'd like to think that we're friends. Not not appointed by the network. I, I think that we're just, uh, you know, we got a good thing going here. I mean, initially, the I think the network played matchmaker. They knew what they were doing. They knew that we'd become fast friends. And uh, so they were like, this is going to be perfect. It's going to be a grand slam. And, uh, you know, we're breaking uh, listenership records uh, week by week, which is always fun to do. And, yeah, what are we up to now? A few million per episode? At least I would say, yeah, I haven't gotten... Just the... wait, just wait till I retweet yes. you. Just wait. Ramona's going to bring this to the next oh, level. Ramona, what how if come... I get Woj to retweet us? What if I get Woj to do that? That'd be... I think you could. Yeah. Also, why are you and I not <laughs> commentating on all pickleball on ESPN? Right. That's right. That was the that was the game of the summer when everybody went to the bubble down there in Orlando. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. Apparently the refs are really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh let's become the voices of pickleball together. Uh we have a doozy of an episode this week. Crazy. Ooh. Really crazy. It got good. So fast, right? We were yeah. all kind of like wondering about a lot of it. We're still curious as to how it's going to go, but this episode gave us a lot of clarity on how this season will hopefully shape up. Uh, and it was wild. 
So uh, before we get into the episode exactly, Ramona, what are your thoughts on the season in general? And uh, give us a little background into your Survivor fandom. Sure. Okay, so I've watched every episode of every Survivor season ever since Richard Hatch, okay? As it aired on TV. As it aired on TV. Like, when I was an intern at Sports Illustrated for Women in New York when I was 21, okay? So I'm 42 now. When I was 21, I turned 21 in New York City was so fun. And that was the show of the summer. That was like what everybody was watching. And we didn't have like a recorder, you know, but like we were in the dorms at Columbia. So we just had to, it was like appointment viewing. If you missed it, you missed it. So we just watched it every week, all me and my roommates. And the only thing that was really sad, I remember I didn't get to watch the the last two episodes because I had, I flew away. I went off to Europe for a couple of weeks. So I had them recorded and I, and, but that was like the dark ages when there was not really internet and email everywhere that I would find out. And I successfully did not find out who won until I got home and could watch what my parents had recorded for me. So I'm like that level survivor. Like we, we don't always watch it the night of anymore because we have a kid and I'm busy and I'm out of the game, but we watch it within 24 hours because you have to stay off the internet. Yeah, like if you, you do. don't, if you don't watch it fast, you'll find out what happens. And then it's just, I'm upset. And it's like the one show that my husband and I always make time for. And, uh, and we watch it together. So this week, actually, because you and I got to watch it a little bit early before we, before it comes out, he's really jealous of me. Like I went in, I might have to watch it again with him when it comes out later today. If you have to watch an episode over, this is the one to do it probably. Right. Cause there's a lot to unpack. But then I can't say anything. He gets mad. If I, there's something on my face, like my, show which way it's going to go and who's going to, yeah, this is a good episode for that. You should, uh, yeah, just predict what's going to happen like two seconds before it happens the entire episode for him. Uh, <laughs> so a little fun fact here, our paths could have crossed a lot sooner because I too am 42. Okay. And I was being courted by Columbia to join their swim team, Ah. which I ultimately decided not to because I did not know what I wanted to do with my life and thought that was an experience expensive way to figure out what I want to do with my life. <laughs> and, uh, and then I also moved to Europe shortly after. So la- lots of, uh, yeah, but even though it didn't happen then it's happening now. And, yeah. uh, I feel really good about this, Ramona. I do too. Like I live my life walking around going, what's the first rule of survivor, right? Like, like yeah. I literally have <laughs> like survivor rules that enter into my life. Cause I think it applies to all these things. And there's a part of me that wishes that I could, I could go on the show one time where I would have, I don't know how I would do it now with a little bit with a three-year-old, but my husband and I both have like strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I think I'd be good at the social game. I'd be pretty good physically. I'm like, I can camp and do all that stuff, but I'm also like a little too nice and I'm not a very good liar. So I would have a hard time backstabbing and like keeping yeah. it, you know, That's, I would have it, a hard time. It gets easier. That. It gets easier. The more Although, you dislike people. I have so that makes sense because you really are living with them all the time. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. I got to get rid of these people. And the, yeah. And the truth is like in my line of work, like I have to be able to talk to all sorts of people. Like you have to talk to executives, billionaire owners, players, family members of players. Like you have to be somewhat adaptable in who you talk to. And then right. I think, and you have to get, and my job literally is to get people to tell me things and feel comfortable yeah. telling me things, which is, I think, exactly what you do on Survivor, right? Right. And that's not your job today because <laughs> that's my job today. All right. Uh, right? I was, I, can I tell you in this episode, I am so angry with everyone for feeling like they need to tell everyone about every advantage and idol that they find. Shut the hell up. That's new school Survivor. If you go oh out, you just, 
A, if you go out, just sit there, don't share any information, don't, don't make moves anything. and everything will come back to you. And that's like, that was my struggle yeah. with winners at war is that you could not tell anybody anything without it no. just immediately being shared with everyone. Yeah. Uh, with that, let's get into the episode. Yeah. So we have a little, this is the first time that we get like a real previously on because we have a two part episode here yeah. and, uh, it kind of shows like the idols getting activated. It shows where all the owners of the advantages are and what advantage they have shows the merge fees challenge and the merge alliances that are kind of the lines that are being drawn. And then it ends with Erica and the hourglass and then takes us to (laughs) exile Island in the pouring rain, which is something we always love on survivor is watching other people struggle in the elements. Right. Right. And it was also like, it always ends up being the girl or person on the show that can least have, like you're most worried about like, Oh, that poor girl. They're going to die. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched naked and afraid too. So I kind of know that like how people are supposed to do that. And you know, I think that, I mean, you're not completely alone, right? There's a camera crew out there with you. Yeah. Usually if you're on exile, if you're on yeah. exile, they kind of keep their distance and try to make you yeah. feel alone, but they're still yeah. present. They're uh, still present. Yeah. On our edge of extinction on Winners at War, we got the pouring rain, and I happened to not be there. And uh, a little insider info here it was pouring rain on Exile Island or on Edge of Extinction, which might be the same as Exile Island here. It doesn't look the same. So I have my doubts. All of the contestants went and hid in this cave that they found that was just like protecting them from the rain. But the harder it rained, the more it smelled like human urine. Yeah. Come to find out the camera crew for years and years had been using that cave as a latrine. What? And all of the contestants were sitting there laying in it to hide from the rain. And I wrote a song about it while I was out there that I, I had to perform for production many, many times, but it never got shared. And I can share it with you now. Do you want me to share the yes. song with you? Yes. Riley, do you want to hear the Piss Cave song? Yeah. The no, you can't, you can't bring it up and not do it. Okay. I haven't do done it for a long put time. How in some outtakes or something? Because I on. feel like I, they would have had to pay me royalties for how dope the song was. <laughs> this is my first take, only take. I might make some mistakes, but we're going to do it. Okay. London, Los Angeles, Ibiza, Tokyo, Fiji, Woo. And it went on like that with lots of energy. Yeah. Everybody there, Boston Rob, Parv, Ethan, we were having a huge dance party. And how is this not shown? The producers asked me to sing it probably 30 times in interviews. And each time I said, you're never showing this. It's a song. I don't think you can show it because you got to yeah. get like some type of like royalties and other stuff going into it because it's a creation of art. And uh, they never did show it. But I feel like I was at the club. It was awesome, Right. right? Like I, we just went out in Berlin. Should we get that <laughs> professionally recorded? I think so. You can put some effects on it too. Yeah, a lot. I'll yeah. we'll talk to our producers uh, and probably come up with something. So, anyways, I was hoping Erica was going to make a visit to the piss cave, but she didn't, so I didn't get to revisit that. Um, and then uh, morning comes, and she has this uh, heartfelt moment where she's saying she's becoming her most authentic version of herself, and. Uh, I, 
I think Survivor can do that to you, especially when uh, when experiencing the elements like that. It kind of like strips you down. You're fatigued. You're exhausted. You have a hard time keeping your shield up. Uh, but there's others like Rupert who uh, got edited to be a pirate, and now he has to be a pirate in his life every single day for the rest of his life, which is a miserable existence, in my opinion. If they would have been like, Tyson, you're a pirate, and then everywhere I go, I'm like, "Ah, matey, I'd like a Big Mac, please. And they're like, oh, you're the pirate from Survivors. Like, I didn't start that way, but now I have to be. It's like the one-hit wonder guys from the 80s. Like, you sing on one <laughs> yeah. song, and that's what you're always... Right, said Fred. It's all they ever sing. Yeah, I'm too sexy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's all and, you got. You're the I'm too sexy guy. Um, and they hate the song more than anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I look, I, the one thing that I felt about the um, her choice was... I don't know if it was the way Jeff explained her choice, okay? It totally was. Okay, because I was you're like, making what's history. the choice? Yeah, you're yeah. making history. And I'm like, wait, I don't even understand why this is a choice. In the in the one version, which was in, in one version, was she going to be on the team that lost where she was eligible yes. to get voted off? And then the other yes. one, she wasn't eligible to get she voted has immunity. off. I was like, Correct. so what's the choice here? <laughs> you, have so, to break the, you have to break the hourglass. So I thought of this a lot, too, because I thought, yeah. yeah, it's definitely no choice in this scenario. Yeah. But. Let's say the teams had been drawn differently and a different person went to Exile Island. Then you have something redrawn differently depending on your allegiances within the game, I think. Like, let's say it was Deshaun or Danny, and they've been the guys who've been trying to throw challenges and vote Erica off. They may have wanted to just keep the team so they could just vote her off when they got back. Right. So there's lots of scenarios, I think, that play differently. And I think that later on this episode, we see Deshaun kind of like, you know, uh, uh, affirm those uh those those thoughts in that like you know survivor is you know not always fair uh so we don't know if she smashes it yet but i mean how could you not know and we go to the immunity challenge erica comes in and erica this season i i have enjoyed her testimonials i think she's very bright and she's good at uh articulating her feelings but she always looks like she's on the brink of tears like every yeah. like she's always yes. got the quivering chin yeah. and she's just like i'm about to cry don't don't yeah. push me over the edge and this is no different she comes in she uh she talks about uh uh the turn back time advantage which everybody's mind is blown yep and then she admits to smashing it and we knew there was no other choice right i was cuz i remember in the cliffhanger i was like wait did i hear that right she on one she's safe and I guess in her choice, she's essentially screwing over her old team. Yeah, she is making people, enemies. Yeah. She's making enemies for sure. Right. Cause she's she comes from the tribe that mostly won, that was on the team right. that mostly won. And she still had a feeling she was at the bottom of the alliance. But at that point, if she theoretically was on their team or if she was still part of their alliance, she would they could look at her and be like, Hey, why are you putting us up to where we have to vote one of our own up or one of us is in danger now? But I think at that point, like why would you why would you not break that hourglass because now you're going to be on the team where like they're going to vote her off as soon as she gets there like she's been in there they don't know what she has what kind of thing. i also thought there is another opportunity where usually when you come back it's like story time when you come back from exile it's like ooh what story are they going to tell you can make up the story yeah, yeah. could she have made she, up a story here in I front of a jeff so. or not really i don't think so i think he would have allowed it yeah i think she, i think if she if she would have spun it where she still got the truth out like if she didn't smash it 
I think she could make up whatever she wanted and Jeff might let it fly. Yeah. Uh, but if she smashes, she has to admit to smashing it and the repercussions of smashing right. it is my, my theory. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, like the thing she's weighing there definitely is like, how mad are the people who won that now are losers going to be versus how happy and welcoming are the people that now have immunity going to be? And where does she feel she lies with all of them? So there is a little bit of like, what's going to be the best for me here. But I think Erica's decision was pretty clear cut. I think more yeah. Uh, other contestants would have a more difficult time coming yep. to that conclusion based on their relationships in the game. So it just worked out that way that it was so obvious, I feel. Uh, and because she smashes it, now Evie, Sydney, Nasir, Ricard, Deshaun, and Danny have to drop their buffs and compete in the challenge. To me, this is crazy. Yep. You're a big softball player, right, yeah. Ramona? Yeah. Let's say all of a sudden, just like right now, in this moment, I say that you're playing the World Series of Softball in <laughs> half an hour. Yeah. Go. Like, um, you're not prepared for it. Like, no. you have not been mentally preparing for this. It's sprung on you in the moment that you're now about to compete, which I think is extra hard. And, yeah, really, really difficult. Sure, the people who now have immunity, oh, that relief of being safe, that's great. But yeah. the opposite is these people that did not have the pressure and weren't in the mindset to compete is probably quite demoralizing. So for me, like I, I played soft. I mean, when I played, I, I would have definitely wanted to prepare, but now I do TV, I do radio, whatever. Like you can, I'm, I'm sort of just like turn the light on. I'll go like, I'm kind of okay. like, let's, let's roll. And I, I so this got wouldn't that, phase you. No, I don't think that would phase me, but you're the one who's played before. So I don't know how much psyching up you to or like mental preparation or even physical. Like, do you need to like, Make sure you eat right before the challenge. Like, I don't know how that no. goes, but but no, like when I watched it, that was a hell of a Pilates challenge. Like, you need to have some serious core strength to do that. And like, even that last one where you got to, I mean, that's like a straight Pilates pike position that they had to yeah. get into. And it was really hard. I almost wanted him to use one foot instead of two. Like, didn't you feel like it was even harder with two, with they had to grab it with their toes and stuff? Yeah. When you go, when you were about to compete, did you train? Like, did you? brush up on some puzzles did you prep in the for moment it? there no or be, right before you came on before you on before survivor you just, yeah oh yeah uh before the challenge like in uh in in the game specifically no it's too late for that you, i put myself in a competitive mind frame yes uh but really warming up or practicing is like you're past that uh before the show yes i practice a lot of things puzzles and everything balance but here i think it would just it would I think I would adjust fine, but I can also see people who couldn't adjust to yeah. that and would be quite demoralized and downtrodden by the fact of a losing immunity there. And so I thought that was a, a a wrench. And I went back to like, oh, it's not fair. And this is like, you can't win something and then lose it on Survivor. Uh, but Deshaun, you know, he says, it's not the game I'm used to. But, you know, we heard that 41 was going to be yeah. different. And also, if we're going by that's not fair, the way the teams were drawn also was not Correct. fair. That was luck and happenstance. The, yeah, they got great athletes on the one team, right? They have yes. professional football player. I mean, Danny's a professional football player. Correct. Like, they got the much stronger physical team. And so, like, for them to win the merge challenge, I thought was they have a huge advantage there. Like, the, the fact that they, and the, the other team made it close, but um, 
in the, you know, it always seems to happen this way, doesn't it? The person it who really does. Who I, it happened to wins, me before. Right. Well, the person who almost wins the immunity challenge, but loses it. Right. So Evie and Sydney come the closest to winning, right? Like you're, they're right there. And you're like, I think both of them need to win. Like, I think whoever doesn't win could be very vulnerable. Going. There. Yeah. And Evie's ahead. They, they can't do anything with it. She, like the, the, the blocks fall and all that. Sydney's right there, like right on the, right on the button. And then Ricard kind of outkicks her at the end. And it was like, he, he did a really good job. That looked really hard to get that in the actual hole, right? Right. Um, but I think he was. You saw Sydney too. readjust, or was it Evie that readjusted? Because she grabbed the yeah, the yeah. flag at the base, and then realized yeah. I can't dip my feet all the way in. I have to grab yeah. it at the top of the flag. Yeah, and and there was a, you kept knocking the blocks over as you. But I thought Ricard would have been in trouble if he didn't win. So right. whoever whoever lost that, those are the bottom three. And you notice like Danny and Deshaun, like they didn't do and and um. Uh, the, what's the other guy? Jimmy. Nasir. What's a, Nasir. Nasir. Thanks. Um, yeah. Danny and Deshaun and Nasir, like they, they didn't, they weren't really in it. And yeah, and, I it, mean, it, part it, of it is like when you are in that moment and know that you're on the block, there's that extra adrenaline to like really do it, especially this early on at the merge. Like you don't want to come out as a challenge threat right now if you don't have to. Uh, I definitely know my heart is more in it the further into the game we get, knowing that if I win the first couple at the merge, I'm toast as soon as I lose something versus like kind of sitting back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I also like in these challenges, like Jeff does a little walkthrough and stuff. And I think the really smart players see that you have to grab that flag at the top of the flag rather Got than, it. you know, learn from your mistakes. And I think some of that is comes with uh, being on the show multiple times and seeing, but you have to really like, like, even though this wasn't necessarily a puzzle, there are puzzle aspects to like figuring it out and, you know, making the moves the the most efficient and the safest. So, uh, yeah. So I like, is the turn back time advantage? Well, what do you think? Yay or nay on it? Was it garbage? Was it? No, I like it. I do. I like it. The only thing I didn't like was what I pointed out before. Like, I don't think it made a lot of sense for her to not turn back time because like she would have been on the team where she could be voted out if she didn't. So, but to my argument, expose yourself. Yeah. But to my argument, somebody who felt better. Yeah. Like keeping not smashing it would have been a different outcome. Yeah. But let's say you just say to, you just say to her, Hey, Erica, you, you're not, you're immune on whichever, which team do you want to join? Like, which team do you want to put up for elimination where they have to compete? You're on whatever team you're on, you're, you're immune. Like, it doesn't mean, like, she didn't have to necessarily have the choice between immunity and not immunity. Right, right. Like, she was, yeah, well, why would, that why would make it a little you put trickier. yourself at risk? Yeah. Yeah, it, that is true. Why would you put yourself at risk if you feel you are at mm-hmm. risk in any capacity? Uh, uh, but if you feel like you're not at risk and don't have immunity, then there is argument to just leaving it. So if it were somebody else, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought like the way it played out was very, very obvious to the Mm -hmm. audience, but there could have been ways if the players were in different situations that it could have played out differently. Like if the seer would have gone, right? He was the other choice. And if they send the seer, he's already got an immunity idol. And he may look at it saying, well, I don't want my tribe who's the, the, the team that he put up for elimination. I mean, that was mostly his tribe. So you, he would probably not turn back time. He would probably say, no, no, let's, let's get some of those ladies off. Yeah. 
Riley, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was going to bring up Nasir because I think that he probably would have not smashed the hourglass. And I think that would have been to the huge disappointment of Jeff Probst and all of the Survivor producers because it <laughs> felt like this advantage was designed to get used so that then they could have this big moment. Oh, we've turned back time. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think in the future, if they do something like this, they might tweak it some. Ramona, like you're saying, maybe it's you have immunity no matter what, or they do it a little bit differently so that then the decision making will be a little bit different. I think the first time they just wanted to get used so everybody can kind of see how it works. Yeah. And also maybe... Maybe there's an element where you don't have to reveal what you chose. Like the game just changes and people have to wonder what you, what you chose. Like that you, did you have any hand in it? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that there's the, this season specifically, it seems like you have to expose your hand way more than you had to in the past with the phrases for the idols oh yeah, uh, and the, even the extra votes, you know, that if somebody's going on a walk, they're getting something. And so I feel like this season, maybe this is uh, the new era of survivor is like, yeah, you can get something, but everybody's going to know that you have something. Yep. And so, uh, which I don't dislike, I think as a player in the game, I've always been like, you know, it's nice to kind of have a feeling of where, the wrench in the cogs is going to come from and to at least prepare a little bit for that scenario. So I don't mind it. Uh, we'll see how it plays out because uh, this episode I think played out beautifully as we go back to camp after Ricard's immunity win. And now I believe there are only five people available to be voted out in a tribe of, are there 12 players left now, Riley? Yes. It's 12 and five are vulnerable. Okay. Incredible. And, uh, I love this. This is truly the whirlwind that you feel when you are in the game and you're on your way to tribal council is essentially what we saw play out on camera. And I thought they did an awesome job of like really putting you in the moment because what you're seeing on camera with everybody twisting and turning and saying what somebody else said, it's that times 10. How long did tribals go? That's always what I want to know. Uh, anywhere from like usually an hour to a couple hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a lot more discussion than what, than what they show. Yeah, because I think you have to, uh, when you watch it, you're pretty clear as to who the potential victims are going to be. But when you're in the moment, Jeff peppers enough questions around that it's not as obvious. Ah, uh, got it. So, and then when they edited it, it, it then they kind of, pinpoint and highlight the major players yeah, yeah. so th- that's how they yeah yeah that's how they keep it you know somewhat secretive to the players about what's going to happen to them so okay. then they it's not as easy to gain a read at tribal council so i'm going to run through this camp stuff and you guys jump in riley jump in if i miss anything everyone congratulates ricardo as they get back but that's like giving someone thumbs up who uh, won the lottery that bought the lottery ticket right before you did in line. (laughs) Like you are upset. You wish it was you and it's all you can do to smile and congratulate someone else for winning something you wanted. And then, and I thought he had to win. I thought Ricard absolutely had to win because um, he, his tribe was mostly over there. He really only has Shan left just him and Shan. So he's the odd man. And I was surprised that his name hadn't come up earlier. I also thought, there's like, and I don't know if this is just the editing or however it is, but like you have three vulnerable guys now who are absolute targets in this game. Like you have Nasir, 
Danny and Deshaun. And now right. this is your chance on a team where like, these are the alphas, these are the alpha males out there. Like you got to get them out. I mean, that's usually at the merge is when the, the, the big strong guys are going to win all the individual challenges. That's when you take them out. Nasir but has do they win? Do they, do they win the individual immunity challenges? They, yeah, they, they used to, right? Right. Colby was the guy who always would win. The, right? That was season two. Yeah. They a don't, long time ago. Generally they don't anymore. It's yeah. the wiry and the puzzly people that are winning the challenges. Cause everything's puzzle balance based or puzzle based, which for me as a player, I'm wiry and I'm a thinker. So for me, I'm doing myself a disservice by telling everyone this. The muscly guys almost never win challenges anymore after the merge. Yeah, they and, don't, but they don't they're still the well. threats. Yeah. Yes. They because <laughs> they have all that muscle to balance and they're top heavy. Totally. <laughs> and their so, feet are big too. Like whenever you're on those balancing, you're like, damn, yeah. the, poor, the poor guy's feet are too big. You can't stand on that. It's usually right. like the yoga girls, you know, <laughs> the ones that could stand out there forever and they're light, you know. It's um, strength to weight ratio. Right. So the more muscle and the less fat you have right. and like the perfect balance of like being, uh, endurancey as yeah. well as strong. So I think that the alpha male at the merge, uh, is, uh, idea of yesteryear and no longer pertains to survivor. But if you're going into the merge and you're not an alpha male, it's one of the easiest yeah. places to point a finger. Right. And I'm like, why don't they get those guys out? Like to me, Danny should be target number one. I mean, he's strong, wiry, former professional athlete, likable, doesn't have an idol. Like get him out. I mean, I like him a lot. I think he could win. He's a really good character. But Nasir, he's got an idol. Flush the damn idol. Like get him. I mean, this is your chance to either flush it. Like why, why is Liana thinking about taking um, Danny's idol? Why didn't she... Why didn't she go after Nasir's idol? She, because essentially, so we'll get into it because, uh, so we see everything swirling. Liana's toying with playing her advantage. She wants to steal from Xander is pretty much how it hints. And, uh, and you're right. Uh, later on, we see that Xander does a little swappity do that's a genius. But in that moment where you suspect somebody of suspecting you, you shift your target. And right. that's exactly what Liana should have done. You're right. She should have just yeah. taken Nasir's uh, or yeah, she couldn't have taken Shan. She's too tight with Shan. So she would have just like really just taken Nasir's from him. And that would have been the move, honestly, taken Nasir's and then taken the target off of Xander and Evie and either gone like Tiffany or also send Nasir home. And so it's, it, it was really, uh, it was interesting. And, and in those moments, like, uh, Liana is probably leaning too much on emotion rather than strategy in that she's never gotten along with Xander. She always feels like he's pompous and, and looks down at her and doesn't think she's as smart as she is. And so she has something to prove to Xander specifically, but you know what the best thing you could do is, totally shift directions yeah because that would prove that you're way smarter and it was also like she she kind of sniffs it out too right she and like liana and shan at one point i hope i'm not getting too far ahead are you going to highlight this no so liana and shan are talking and she goes let's read this clue really carefully does he actually have to have the idol like she knew that this was a, a problem and they read it and they were like and, and i think shan says oh they're not thinking that far ahead and she's like oh no they absolutely are 
right? Yeah. Evie and Dan are really Evie's smart. definitely is. And, yes. And I felt like a lot of this goes back to my earlier point about why the hell are you telling everybody that you have these advantages, right? Liana tells Shan. Shan goes and blabs it to Tiffany. Now Tiffany knows. Then Tiffany tells Evie. Then t- I mean, and, and, and Liana's looking at Shan like, why did you just tell her? Like, keep that tight. If you're going to be my girl, like you got to keep it tight. And so in my business, I have a saying, um, as a reporter, information is currency. Okay. Information is currency. It is the most valuable thing we trade in. And it is when you have information, that's what people like, I'm trying to get information. You're trying to, and how do you get information by swapping information with others? Right? Like that's how you stay in the know. People call me all the time to ask what I know, right. To do an interview, but also Sometimes it's sources. Like you call one person to find out what they know and they kind of want to know what you know. And they kind of like, that's the whole game. And if you are just giving it away to everybody and, and I have a rule, I always tell people, if you want something to be off the record, don't tell anyone, don't tell your husband, don't tell your friend, don't tell your friend's friend, because whoever you tell is going to tell three people, whoever you tell, yeah, they may not be trying to screw you over. But if you tell one person, that one person can tell three people, and one of those three people are going to tell three people. Each one, now you're at nine people, and then the not the, right. the, by the ninth person, now they don't even care about who your information. They're not protective of your information, right? And that's in my mind when Liana got that advantage, she easily could have gone back to Shan and everyone and say it was an extra vote, just like everybody else got. Yeah, easy. Like that's so easy, and yeah. then. All she has to do now is then go to Shan right before tribal council because Shan's her number one and be like, I'm going to use an advantage tonight that uh, I just found or something like she could say any number of things. You have to let your alliance know before you pull something like that. Otherwise, it shows that you've been keeping secrets. But uh, she did play that a little too hard and too fast. But you are so excited in the moment that you get something. You want to share it so bad with somebody. You, you know, know, he was it's, like flexing too. He like... Get- Tribal Xander gets the tribal, and he's like, oh, "I'm good ahead of ourselves. We're getting too far, right?" Yeah, no, but I I do like yeah. that. But like, it's it's like buying like, let's say you bought your husband the most perfect birthday present of all time, and it's a week before his birthday, and you just want to give it to him so bad because it's so perfect, and you're so excited about it. And that's how this is. Like, you get any type of advantage, especially if it's something nobody's seen before. You want to share it so bad with somebody who's going to be as excited about it as you are. Problem is on Survivor, everybody wants it. And even though they feign some sort of excitement, they're exactly. like, why isn't that me? And now I have to come after you. Shan's got so, three people to give her those advantages somehow. She's amazing. Man, she really is. It is crazy that she's done that. So we're at camp. Danny voices his frustration with Deshaun about what's fair because he won the challenge and it's not fair that, uh, and then Deshaun is just like, yeah, you know, what is fair? It's, this is survivor. It's, you know, it's not always fair. And, uh, then we go into the whirlwind of strategy. Deshaun, Danny, Ricard, Shan, Sydney talk about sending Evie home. So Deshaun says that Nasir, Danny, and Sydney are his closest allies, which I thought was interesting because he'd formed that, uh, allegiance with uh danny shan and liana that seemed like it was the tightest alliance going so uh deshaun apparently doesn't feel that way danny tells liana he that everyone's going to vote out evie and then uh liana voices her uh 
her allegiance to Shan, Danny, and Deshaun. So we're kind of getting the full story here about everybody. Uh, but she doesn't want to vote out Evie. And this is where it all starts to get tricky is that as you're naming names, you're becoming a target. The more you're naming names and the more Absolutely. you name a single name, the chances of you becoming a target increase. And uh, Liana goes to Shan and says she doesn't want to vote out Evie, but Shan is like, you have to. This is what we've got to do. And uh, then we see Xander and Tiffany and Evie are a tight three, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that alliance. I think that's yeah, a fun alliance, tight yeah. three. They're sticking. It didn't seem like they were all on board with Xander at first, but now it seems like since uh, Liana's kind of jumped ship and it's been pretty obvious that those three have just, you know, out of necessity bonded. Yeah. And I think they're going to absorb, I'm blanking on her name because she hasn't been in much of the st- episodes yet. The, the older, long Heather, Heather, Heather yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. Heather. No, Tiffany is the dark haired one. Tiffany's then, with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to absorb Heather. Heather. She's going to kind of be. So? Yeah. Cause she, I mean, she fits right. Like her and Tiffany are going to get to be friends. I think like how, they seem how can like we a, possibly a, a know though. Yeah. We don't, we don't know anything about Heather. She's just like, yeah, she not, hasn't been in much. She's yeah. just not been on this season. It's, it's insane. She's the only thing they showed her was when she sucked in that one challenge, but kept going. Remember? That's it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sit at home and that was my edit. I'd be so sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. And here's the thing is like <laughs> yeah. on token chains, my first season, there was a, uh, like 50 something principal named Debbie. Okay. And she was super funny and super fun and outgoing. She hated the cameras in her face and oh. she hated talking strategy against other people on okay. camera. So she would always turn her shoulder and her head so that you could, the camera couldn't see her face as she's like scheming. And they eventually pulled her aside and said, if you do not let us film you strategizing and telling lies, you will not be featured on the show at all. Yeah. And there are people who just can't deal with the cameras there. And that could be what we're seeing with Heather. It could be that she's just boring. Uh, like, we don't know. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, she's not making good, good enough TV to be shown. There is one, there's one secret scene with Heather that's online. If you go on CBS.com, it's from a few episodes back. But she, Is it a cameraman yelling at her because she keeps hiding her face about, no? No, it's really <laughs> bizarre. She, she tells the whole tribe that she had this dream that Sydney like stole her torch, which is kind of odd because the Luvu tribe hadn't even been to tribal council at all, so they didn't have torches. And it sends everybody into this paranoia, especially Sydney. Sydney's like, is Heather going to try and come after me because she had this bizarre dream? And then it cuts to this confessional where Heather's like, I didn't even have the dream. I made it up because I want to get Sydney out. And maybe me sharing that dream will have other people decide that they also want to get her out. And it's just very bizarre. It Right. It like doesn't really make that line of thinking like doesn't really make sense. But I'm also it's like maybe Heather just doesn't isn't good on confessionals or whatever. But it's crazy. I mean, she has been she has been like a zero on the season. Really weird. Yeah. And, and I think earlier this season, I actually there was a very long moment where I thought there were two Tiffany's in the game. Yeah. That's where I was right. like, there's Tiffany. Wait, that's Tiffany. No, no which one's Tiffany? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now you <laughs> so, definitely know who Tiffany is. Cause I think she's, now a I know who, yeah, yeah, she is. She's fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we get back to it. And then Xander and Tiffany talk about a tight three with Evie, which is where we left off. Xander talks about playing an idol for Evie and they talk about it. They, and then they are talking about targeting Deshaun in this moment. And then uh, 
I think that's wise. Like Deshaun, the things I'm th- seeing from Deshaun, he is very, very smart, very, very good at the game, very, very socially uh, powerful. And uh, I think that's the correct read. Like if you are not on the side with Deshaun, he's the guy to target because he seems so in touch and in tune with the game and the direction of the game and the movements of the game. And we're seeing that from the outside. Who knows what they're specifically seeing, but Evie got that read. And uh, then we get a little flashback uh, where Evie is talking uh, to Tiffany about Liana's advantage. So Tiffany tells uh, Evie and then tells Xander and so they all see through Liana as she's trying to like talk to him and figure out where the idol's mm-hmm. going, et cetera. And, uh, and, uh, as this is all happening in my mind, the second it happens, I'm like, okay, everybody knows Liana's, uh, advantage. Everybody from the opposition knows it. Xander has to give the idol to somebody to hold. And that's my hope and dream. And, uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that I'm thinking that that's like the wisest thing to do, obviously. Right. Yeah. And uh, still tons and tons of scrambling. Like, I can't even get into all the scrambling that there is. Like, I have yeah. like two more pages of notes here. Riley, am I missing oh, totally. anything that's uh, that's pertinent in the well, my, in the scramble? My pages of notes, I told you before this, they were, they were five pages long, and I went back and rewatched the episode. <laughs> now they're seven pages long. Oh, my oh, gosh. So it's, it's just like, Evie tells Xander this. Xander tells Leah yes. this. And uh, yeah. there's almost... I have three more paragraphs of that. It, there's really too much to, to go through. It, it is just so like scramble, was, scramble, scramble. Here was the big thing that I got. from like I'm just watching Shan a lot in this series. She seems to be one of the more interesting characters to me. Um, and she's really good, you guys. Like the way she played Liana, I mean, she went from being one out of two people on this tribe. And she's like, I need some allies. I decided I'm going to bond with Liana. We're two young black women. We're going to bond. We're going to be, I'm gonna make, she's going to be my girl. She doesn't even know her. But what does she do? Information is currency. She tells her everything. She bonds with her about what's going on in their tribe. But then she also tells her her life story that's very human and relatable. Now you have this like, very human relationship. And then when it's time to get Liana to get, to go with her and her tribe, okay. To go with her and not, and and do the thing she wants. She goes, you got to put on your big girl pants. We're going to have to spill some blood at some point. Like she kind of plays to this, this ego move. Like, yeah, you got to show how much we're bonded. Right. And I think it's really interesting in the last episode where they, where the four African-American players have said like, we haven't had this much diversity on the show we're all going to play together. And I think there's a very interesting dynamic that's happening with like this, this ally, this group of four that, that wants to play together now. And like, not only does Shan appeal to that, like she's appealing to like, Hey, we're part of a group and we're not going to tell everybody like, this is our group. We're kind of, and one, they created this group. And now she's, she's already creating this is like, this group is forged in blood. Like she's saying, you're going to have to spill some blood. Like that was, that was a brilliant pitch that that Shan made to to Liana. I thought. Well, the quickest way on Survivor to to your credit here, uh, Ramona, is that if you can get somebody in your alliance to do something dirty as well, and now you're sharing in you know in the blood sport. Now it's harder for you guys to separate from each other, and you're essentially locking someone into your side, having them paint themselves into a corner for you. And so, uh, 
whether or not Shan knows exactly that this is what's happening with Liana to her, that essentially is what looks like the future for Liana is, is that she's going to alienate uh, the other people in the cast still so much that the only place she'll be able to go to is Shan. Obviously, these uh, newer seasons of Survivor people seem to be uh, less loyal and they are willing to jump back and forth a little bit and be forgiving of someone who's gone against them. Cause I know my initial seasons of survivor was like, if you go against me one time, you are dead to me. There is nothing you can do to earn back any amount of trust. And then the later seasons, you just have to be like, well, yes, I hope the- that I can trust you for this vote at least. And then we'll go our separate ways. And then maybe we'll reconvene yeah. three votes down the road and do something again. Yeah. And uh, until then, we'll fight with each other. So it's just like, it's it's crazy. It makes for good TV. But it is, yeah, it's it's definitely a new style of play, something that we didn't see for the first 10 or 15 years of uh, of Survivor that often. I also and, think, uh, which, like, well, I also think yeah. like Shan is awesome in that she's the one who executes everything. You know, like she's the one, like Ricard earlier, I think was coming up with a lot of the ideas of how to get, somebody to go, you know, give her, Hey, let me hold this for you. <laughs> this, is, this is how you show me when you two get JD to give her the, you know, his, his advantages and stuff. But like Ricard, maybe Ricard came up with the idea, but Shan had to execute like that. It's, what do you think is harder coming up with the idea or executing? It's harder to execute, but it's better to be the guy coming up with the, the idea. Yeah. Cause you don't get, it, you don't get the stink on you. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You keep the stink on somebody else as long as you can until you then have to absorb all of the stink. So that's what's going to be fun because I think Ricard and Chan are going to play together. Like that feels like the five and that is a pretty strong group right there. And, and like Ricard, if he's the strategist and she's the one who's going to basically execute everything, she'll get a ton of credit, but she also might create a lot of enemies. Right. And uh, yeah, I think at some point, uh, Ricard, if let's say Ricard is the guy coming up with the strategies, maybe he's not fully. It seems like Shan is kind of taking the reins to a certain degree as well. Yeah. Uh, but if that's the case, then uh, Ricard at some point is going to have to calculate whether or not Shan doing most of the dirty work is going to win her the game. And if it is, he has to get rid of her and also somehow earn credit for all the stuff Shan did previous. That's right. And so that is the trick now for Ricard. Yeah. That- and I thought that they've done a nice job planting that seed, right? I mean, you saw that in the episode where they're fighting over, you know, should he give her back? The, you know, she, she went and executed, she went and got, you know, the advantage, right. But, um, from Jenny, right. And Jeannie, Jenny, Jeannie, Jeannie, yeah, she went and got the advantage from Jeannie. Um, but maybe it was his idea. I don't know, but it, it seems like, like she it, got yeah. it. Yeah. And then he's holding it for it. Like, seems like it was his see, idea to like yeah. do the lie about like just saying the phrase and doing some other stuff yeah. to throw the heat off of him a little bit. So I think they're a good duo. I'm sure they bounce ideas off of each other a bit. Uh, yeah. So leading up to tribal, everything's swirling, everything's going crazy. We see Sydney, uh, and I like Sydney's, uh, she says here that she's going to keep her name off the block at all costs and deal with the repercussions later, which I do love that idea. I think in those moments of desperation, you need to just be like, if I can keep myself safe just for this time and then reset and realign and reshuffle, it at least buys me three days to do that. 
And I, I love where Sydney's head is at there. She realizes that she's, you know, in the crossfire somewhere and needs to, you know, protect herself. And uh, Liana, uh, right into tribal council, the, right before we go, Liana says she's really looking forward to taking Xander's idol because he's so smug and so smart and she yeah. wants to prove to him. And in my, my head, I'm like, you oh, Xander, know. please, please give it to, yeah, yeah. like, so I'm really hopeful for this tribal council <laughs> and we go to tribal council trudging through the sand and then to have a boat pick you up and drive you to a different island and then get dropped off and then have a truck pick oh. you up at the oh, it's marina thing. and then the truck drives you into tribal really? council and then they walk you in yes is this wow. the first time you've heard of that yeah i didn't know it was all so damn involved okay yeah it's the best time I, to get a nap they didn't on get Survivor. It to rain. yeah no they did the best time to what it's the best time to take a nap Ah, got it. Because you're not allowed to talk strategy. There's somebody there to keep you from talking completely. So it's the best time to get a little nap in a moving vehicle with the hum of the motor. How do you sleep? Have you never slept before, Riley? You just close your eyes and then your body goes into like a subconscious state. Okay, I understand how you sleep, but I just mean with all the intensity of tribal council, I feel like unless you've got the immunity necklace around (laughs) your neck, I don't think I'd be able to sleep. Well, Riley... From the moment you leave the beach to the moment tribal council starts could be like three hours of silence. Oh, wow. Wow. So here's how it goes. They do the walkout. Sometimes they do the walkout twice. They film it from the sky. Used to always be helicopters. Now it's sometimes drones, but still helicopters get great shots. So it's both. They film you walking down the beach. Then they walk you to where the boat is or the boat pulls up. You jump in the hole of the boat. You're not allowed to look around at your surroundings. Uh, And then... You take a nap for the 40-minute boat ride to the island where Tribal Council is. Then they wake you up. You get off the boat one by one, and then they shuffle you to a truck. Then you're in the back of a pickup truck with a bench on both sides with a big wall built around the whole thing so you can't look out or anything. And then you sit there on the bench. Sometimes they leave immediately. Sometimes they wait in a holding pattern until if they need two trucks because the tribe's too big or if there's both tribes or whatever's going on. And then they drive you to the place, whether it's a challenge or tribal council. Then they put you in a tent and you sit on the ground. And that could be two hours wait at the tent where they run medical checks. You can talk to the doctors. But other than that, you have to remain silent. So it's just like everyone taking turns going to the bathroom and sitting there uh, trying to take a nap on the ground. And then they come in and say, we're going to be moving in X amount of time. They mic you up. Then you have to get your torch lit by the torch lighter person who has like this flamethrower thing. And then, uh, they line you all up in the same order. You did the initial walk off the Island and then they walk you in. So what to like, what time does this happen? Is it it, by the time you sit down and and Jeff starts asking questions, is it like midnight? No, I don't think so. Because I think out there, they don't let you know what time anything is. We'd have to talk to some production about it, but you leave with like, maybe just barely getting a little dusky, but still, uh, still light. And you, by the time tribal council starts, it is pitch black nighttime. So Island time, you could have left at like four thirty or five, maybe four, even somewhere in there. And then by the time tribal council starts, could be like eight. Wow. So there's lots of nap time there. And after between traveling to challenges and traveling to, uh, tribal council and being exhausted, you're going to use that time to take naps because there's not a lot of strategizing you can do in those moments, if anything at all. You can't even talk to production? No. 
can't talk to anybody. There's somebody sitting there watching you, making sure you're not talking shaming or making you. Yeah. Shaming you. Do, just they, go, like, Shh. do, they, do they shush you? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> degrading. Yeah. Especially mm. for me where I'm like, I've lived yeah. my whole life avoiding careers at all costs only to yeah. have an intern on the set of survivor <laughs> shushing me every 10 minutes on a boat ride. Are you a shusher in real life? Would you shush somebody else? Would I shush somebody else? No, I'd be yeah. a lot more vocal than uh, shush. You're a shut the hell up guy. Yeah. 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 I think I would shush people. I have. Like strangers? I, yeah. Like like if I'm on a plane or something and people are just like really loud and obnoxious, I'll yeah. be like. No, I'd like, make a whole production out of it. I'd be I like, do it in the press room. It happens too. Like when people are on deadline. There's a couple famous writers. I'm not going to name names. Name names. No, I can't do it. It's a really, it's a really nice lady, but okay. she's a shisher. She gets, she gets, um, she gets, we know uh, she's really, female. Um, we know she's nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's very nice. She gets under pressure. And like, I'm one of those people under pressure. Like I'm good under, on a deadline. That's kind of why you get into like, the, if you're not good on deadline, you're not going to do very yeah, well. That's, right? I mean, that's so, probably why you chose the career was the highs yeah. of the deadlines. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you get, and then you fit, like, I like to rock out when I'm, when I'm writing and I'll put some music on, I'll just zone out. Cause it's like loud in the press room and stuff. Okay. You can't what expect you other people to? to shut up. Uh, usually classic rock, but um, could be anything. Could be just based on what I'm writing on. But I just need to like go in my bubble and just go. And um, and then there's and there's sometimes I'll get a little loud, maybe. Um, but in my early days, I I, I would uh, I was quiet and I didn't realize the whole. I didn't listen to music. And there was a couple of ladies in the press room who I would see a lot, and they were shushers. Like if you just like, even made if you were typing too loud. <laughs> you'd get a like a very loud shh. like no no conversation it was just a shh very loud very intense shush this is like an older person who you respect are you aggressive are you an aggressive typer like when you get into typing are you like yeah, yeah we're I processing in junior high i can jam these keys so hard because i took i talk to myself a little bit i talk to myself a little okay. i'm like i can talk i mean i can be loud not with typing but i think i'm more like interactive like i'm when I'm writing, <laughs> like, I'm like, that's a good line, Mo. No, no, no. What we need to do is like, and I talk out loud. I, I like give myself affirmations in the third person. It happens. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's what you got to do to pump yourself up. Yeah. Well, because when you can't find the story, you have to speak the story. And then yeah. you, like, I have a prompt that I always use and I go, this is a story about, and I need to be able to say it in one line or less. If I can't figure that out, it means I don't know what I'm writing about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Secrets of the trade. Yeah. So yeah, I can be a shisher, like, and but I don't do it mean. I'm not like shh, like aggressively shushing. Yeah, so that, I can't believe it's three hours. Like that's so tense. Yeah, sitting in tribal council. Yeah, or and then leading I'm up. I'm already yeah. getting claustrophobic thinking about the boat with no windows and stuff. It's like, oh. very claustrophobic. Yeah, it's all yeah. very very claustrophobic. Uh, and so uh, yeah, so these guys they're off to tribal. And to be honest, when tribal started, I was like, we saw all the craziest stuff at camp. And tribal started quite slowly. And I was like trying to come up with a note for the beginning of tribal council. And I was like, maybe there isn't, maybe everything that was already spoken for here. Uh, and we're not going to see any fireworks. Riley, did you ever get that feeling? Well, when they started tribal council, I, I looked at the, you know, what time it was and we were at minute 26 of a 42 minute oh, yeah. episode. So I was like, okay, <laughs> well, yeah, Liana's right. Yeah. We're definitely going to get some fireworks. <laughs> a lot is about to happen. Yeah. Uh, Shan says it comes down to who you trust is still classic survivor. And, uh, Deshaun makes a plea that 
you know, he wished his social abilities counted for more this season than they have been. And uh, Evie knows Evie knows her name's on the block and hints that Xander will play the idol for her. At this point, I'm like, she's overplaying mm-hmm. or trying or overselling yeah. the fact that yeah. uh, Xander gave his idol. Well, elsewhere. Xander, like, he flexes too. He stands up with the idol and shows it, it out of his waistband. Puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of did that twice. So, like, if I'm Liana at that point, you got to figure he's pulling something. But then he pulls out the fake idol. Well, I was going to say, like, earlier, like, what'd you think, like, about the acting? He was like, hey, Liana. I'm going to keep the idol on me until Jeff says to pull it out and like kind of walked off. And I was like, Jesus, dude, like, no, how could anybody buy that? And at that point, Liana knew that he knew about her steel advantage. So I didn't understand how Liana didn't suss out. Like Xander definitely does not have the idol. One of uh, either Evie or Tiffany had it. I thought we were going to get like 10 levels of strategy as they're reacting to what they think the other person is going to do. And so I, we did get some layers, but not as many layers as we could have gotten. Uh, yeah, so then Xander pulls out his idol, and you said that, uh, Ramona, that he's like kind of like showboating and stuff. And I was like, this is yeah. definitely overselling. But then he opens it and reveals what looks to us to be an idol. Yeah. Yeah, does. I mean, and he had made that a long time ago, remember? Like, that yeah. was. That's did that cross your like- mind that it was fake? Right as he pulled it out? Uh, I thought so. I thought he had given it to somebody else. Like, I just, it was so, I thought they were hinting at that. And it would have been really dumb not to give it to somebody else. Right. Not to either give it to Evie or Tiffany early. Yeah. And I thought that too. But at the same time, you also have to consider that people do dumb things on Survivor all the time. True. And when she, when she wants, well, do you want to, I don't want to get ahead. I don't get it. Do you want to reveal? No, I want you to get ahead. Okay. So when Liana stands up and she's like, Oh, I'll take your idol, Xander, right? Like she reads it off and she does it like with such conviction. And I'm like, come on, you gotta know. Like at some point, just like you're like watching her walk into it. And you're like, I I know that he doesn't have there's no way he's But it felt good to watch out. it though, right? It did. She really watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, come on, girl, go take the Sears idol. Go do something else. Like, Xander, do you have an idol? I'm like, of course he has an idol, but he's giving it to, if yeah. you don't figure out he's giving it away to somebody else, you don't deserve to even have that advantage anymore. So good. She was so nearsighted and wanting to just like humiliate Xander because she yeah. feels like Xander doesn't respect her. And so she does this and Xander in this moment is like, here's your, you can have it. It's just a fake idol, but you're welcome to it. Here you go. And she, in that moment had to have been fuming, oh, right? Yeah. She thought oh, yeah. she was getting him so good, and then she just gets got yeah. again. I'd be pissed, man. And I, well, it's also like she <laughs> saw that she was saying it. Like she, Liana says to Shan, "Does he actually have to have the idol? Don't you think he could give it to yeah. somebody else?" I'm like, it's not like the thought didn't occur to her. But Shan does a couple reads here that are incorrect. She does she she does the read where she's like, "Oh, he, Xander's not giving it to anybody." Like she's the one that actually I think Shan that came out of Shan's mouth, and then later on in this tribal council. There's a point where she's like, Deshaun says, I think they're saying my name. And she's like, that doesn't matter. We're good. And he's like, no, it does matter. Hold up. So, uh, so Shan, I think either she's missing things or she's so confident now in her gameplay that she's starting to miss things. Uh, but we, but here's the other thing, Tyson. Okay. It's one thing to miss something when it affects you. 
Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. It's another thing to miss something when it affects somebody else. You don't, you're not looking at it as intensely and she is not, and she's not also, she's not also showing, what is it? Empathy for the person who is in the, in the crossfires or the target. And that's something you have to do on survivor is like, if you come to me as my Alliance and say, I'm worried it's me. I don't just reassure you that it's not. I have to be like, what will make you feel comfortable? What do we have to do? How do we change the game together so that we're good and you're good? And that's something Shan didn't do a couple times here where she's like, ah, you're totally probably fine. And uh, and we also get that flashback at Tribal, right? When Liana plays that for Xander of Xander, not giving it to Evie like we all yeah. were led to believe, but even going one step further, which was brilliant in giving it to Tiffany. And mm-hmm. I thought that was such a brilliant move to go to the person who hadn't really been being talked about at all. And so really, really smart to uh, give it to uh, to Tiffany. Evie uh, then says, hey, I can't trust uh, Liana now. And Liana's like, well, it is what it is. You know, lines are drawn. This is uh, bad news, I think, for Liana. She's definitely drawn a hard line in the sand of where she stands, which is always bad on Survivor when you have to do that. You do have to do that in certain situations, but the later you do it, the better. And so Liana having to expose herself this early in the game could be detrimental. And also think about where she was. She was on the, she's in the group that had numbers. Yeah. Shan was on the group. That was a group of two that got split onto two teams. Like right. the fact that Shan is not in the line of fire and has flipped it to where Leanne is in the line of fire. That's pretty intense. That's, that's a, that's a, you shouldn't have ever allow you when you, when you're up here, you should never take a step down. Right. But you see that time and time again, it's, it's the classic, like you get to the merge, you have the huge majority, you don't trust everybody in yours and you know, you can't trust anybody in the merging tribe. So why not get rid of a few of yours before they team up with the smaller tribe coming in? That's classic. There's no way Shan or Ricard are probably going this episode just based on history alone in the fact that the weakest, smallest tribe coming into tribal council at the merge is generally pretty safe, except for the first season, RIP Pagong. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. like, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it comes down to trust. And if you get to the merge with the majority, but there's definitely people on there that you didn't have time to cut out before you get to the merge, you're like, okay, there's only two of them. We have six of us. We could trim it all the way down to three before we have to target them. And then it's like a whole thing. And that happens so often in Survivor and people from the outside are always wondering why it happens. It happens because those people are a non-threat in that situation because they don't have the numbers and they're desperate and their desperation also shows the people at the top on the majority that they're willing to work anywhere and you don't want them coupling with the people who perceive themselves to be on the bottom of the majority alliance. So there's a lot that goes into it, but in general, like if you are in a bad position at the merge, uh, you're not in a terrible position. If you're in a bad position right before the merge, once the merge happens, you're usually not in a terrible position. This is also a good time to point out 
another rule of survivor, which is never throw challenges or always it's like bad survivor karma. Okay. And I, I kept thinking as Deshaun's name was coming out, like everybody was like Deshaun, Deshaun. And I was like, dude, he was the guy who wanted to throw the challenge. Uh-huh. Right? Remember? And he couldn't even throw the challenge because Nasir wasn't in on it. <laughs> right. Like, it. What did I say, Tyson? Riley right. also uh Tyson says and those, I had a disagreement about this on a previous yep. podcast. I'm I, I am yeah. against throwing challenges almost always. I will throw a challenge if there's somebody I strongly, strongly mistrust on my tribe, which is the majority tribe at the time, and I know that the merge is coming up soon. Yeah. It's better to get rid of them there than to wait till they can connect with other players and uh defect and then shake up the game. Yeah. That's yeah, my thoughts. I, I generally I generally think um it's bad karma, but I also have never won Survivor like you have, so <laughs> like it's just you gotta I'll defer to you on that one. We tried throwing thought, a challenge too that we couldn't lose. Yeah. And uh Okay. And we tried throwing it to get rid of Colton. It didn't happen. And then Rachel was actually the one voted out on that tribe that episode. So in my mind, I was like, if I would have thrown it, Rachel would have been safe. Colton would have been gone. He ended up quitting anyways. So it might have been for everyone's best interests. Uh, worked out okay. I won the game. But still, like I think there is a time and a place. You probably have to be uh, uh, quite strategic in your uh, assessment of that. But I, I think that there's definitely a time and a place to lose a challenge on purpose. Uh, and once Riley sees it my way, we'll know he's matured into a full grown. I think if Rachel had, had stayed on that season, I don't know if you would have won. I feel like her, you becoming a single on that season helped you on your path to winning. Sure. I agree in hindsight. Yes. But in the moment, I don't think it would have affected my game negatively. Like, yeah, it's impossible to know. Yeah. It's impossible to know, but yeah, I throwing the challenge there, getting rid of Colton who ended up quitting anyways. And so we ended up losing a number that wasn't really with us without even going to tribal council anyways. So then you're kind of like, okay, yeah. Let's get back here because this uh, keeps this whirlwind at tribal council. It ends up going live. And, uh, everyone is talking to everybody and I don't mind this live tribal council. Generally, I really don't like them, uh, because, uh, they're hard to follow, get your work in before you get to tribal council and then, uh, keep tribal council short and sweet and then vote. But this one goes live and everybody's whispering to everybody. Uh, and, uh, Deshaun's whispering to Erica to vote Sydney and Evie whispers something to Tiffany that we don't see. That's where I don't like it. I like to see the strategy materialize. Uh, and then it seems like Sydney's name is the name being thrown out the most for a moment. And now we're seeing Deshaun's name being thrown out. And uh, I thought it was interesting to note that while all of this is going down, Heather and Erica do not leave their seats at all. Yeah, that's true. They just camp out. And I think I, I mean, there's something to just camping out and letting the information come to you. Mm-hmm. But unless mm-hmm. you're the target, then you got to, you know, get in the conversations. Uh, 
So what would you do in that moment? Ramona, are you up um, and trying to get information from everybody? Are you playing it cool? Yeah. Are you shushing I think people? You gotta play. I think <laughs> I'm like, um, I'd like to think I would play it cool, but I don't think I would. I think I'd be too nervous. I'd want to talk. And that, my undoing would be that I talk too much. Like I can't, like I'd be too excited and I'm not a great liar. And so the, the right answer is that you're supposed to stick with your people and not overdo it. Right. Cause the more you talk, the all of a sudden, the, then all of a sudden it could be flipped around on you. Like you, I've seen those where somebody is like, not even, not even even a target and they're doing too much work. Yep. They're just talking too much. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, why don't we get you out? Yeah. Right. Yep. So it happens all the time. Yeah. When somebody's desperate, okay, that's fine. You should play hard. If you're one of the names that's being tossed out, but if you're not a name that's being tossed out, I don't know. I, I, I was waiting for someone to stand up and do a, make a scene too. Yeah. There could have definitely been a scene. Be like, where we're all voting for this person. This is what we're doing. This is our case. Yeah. I'm going to vote this way. If you want to join me, join yeah. me type of thing. Yeah. They could have done there that. There wasn't one moment though. I thought this was like a sneaky good play. When Deshaun ratted out Evie. Yes, right? I did Remember like that. Deshaun... So, so we'll get to that right here. Everybody yeah. sits down and Jeff's yeah. like, are we ready to vote? And Shan's like, yeah, we are. And Deshaun's like, no, we're not. And he congratulates Xander on the move. And then he throws, who does he throw under the bus? Evie. Evie, throws Evie under the bus for sharing Xander the idol. Evie had yes. just said like, Evie was like, well, I never said anything that, that Xander didn't have a vote the last few times. And it means a lot to me that he would give me the idol tonight. Remember he made a big show of like, I'll play it for you. And she's like, and Evie's like, Oh yeah. Well, if, that's great. Cause I, I never said anything that you didn't have a vote those last few votes. Right. Um, and Deshaun was like, that's nice, Evie. But when we went on our walkabout, you told me everything. You told me that he had the idol. Right. <laughs> he just yes. totally, he totally exposed Evie there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I liked that too. I did like that because he knows that he's on the block and he's trying to create mistrust against the people who are going against him. And then, uh, which factors into Tyson to, to Xander's decision to give Evie the idol at the end here. Yes. Like, are you, is he really going to play it for? Evie? Yes. And in this moment, I think that if I'm Xander, I'm not playing the idol. Hell no. You're in the strong minority at this moment. Yes. So at this point in my mind, I'm like, Xander, do not let the idol be played for anybody. Keep it for yourself for next tribal council and then try to play it in a way, in any way that you can, even if it's just protecting yourself or whatever. And so that was my initial thought. Uh, Deshaun goes to Shan and says, uh, asks if Tiffany knows uh, that they're writing down Sydney. And Shan's like, it doesn't matter. And Deshaun's like, yeah, it does. It does matter. Like, again, Deshaun is so perceptive. And I think thinking ahead and thinking everything through. And he's so cerebral when uh, in these moments of pressure. And this is the other moment where Shan says, oh, it doesn't really matter. She's not taking into account the feelings and concerns of yes, good point. her top allies. Yeah. And so it goes around and we pretty much uh, are of the opinion that uh, it's going to be Deshaun from the other tribe or Deshaun, Sydney, Tiffany, Evie, and Xander, and maybe Nasir are going to vote Deshaun. 
And then Deshaun gets pulled, or and then uh, Nasir gets pulled to the other yeah. group, and they talk to him. And we understand that it's going to be split between Sydney and uh, Evie. And so it's a uh, it's pretty interesting breakdown. Everybody sits down, and everybody is now ready to vote. And uh, we see Tiffany's vote come out first. As she's sitting there writing, she writes down Deshaun's name. No surprise. Ricard votes Evie's name. No surprise. Erica votes Sydney's name. No surprise. But those are the three players. And then we see Deshaun toy with the idea of playing the shot in the dark. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, no. Riley's going to get his first point here on our 10 Bitcoin wager that we have. <laughs> 10 he Bitcoin. Thinks, he thinks that. The that's a lot. Uh, I don't have ten Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, it's how much? They, did you get your prize money in Bitcoin, Tyson? <laughs> a Bitcoin. I wish I would have. Man, yeah. if they, yeah, they paid you in Bitcoin. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, we yeah. So we see that, and I the, our wager, Ramona, is uh, Riley thinks that the. Uh, shot in the dark advantage is going to be played over two and a half times. Does this count as a half time here that we saw? Is that a half when you oh, contemplate it in the booth? No, 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 no. It's three or more, basically. She, like the, three like or the, more. the line that you yeah. would set, you know, like that Vegas would set. I think it should have been two and a half. Two, okay. So the, the Vegas yeah. line that you, you go three one. or more, two or under. Yeah. So we're at one so, now. So, well, we see Deshaun toy with it, but we don't see what he does. Then the votes are red. And before the votes are red, Sydney says she played the shot in the dark. And in my mind, I am praying and hoping and fingers crossed that she is safe. Then they play the idol on Evie and turn this game into a game. She's not safe. But yeah, one in six shot. We knew she probably wouldn't be. Her yeah. face kind of said that she was as she was reading it. I yeah. thought that was kind of like a fun little slow roll that she did there. And, uh, man, I would have loved that to go the other way for her. That would have been so much fun to see that play out. Did you like Sydney as a player? I liked her as a character. Yeah. I thought she was fun as a character. I thought I liked her directness and, uh, yeah, I, she probably reminds me of a younger, uh, first generation Tyson, uh, like a token sheen style Tyson player. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I do yeah. like her and, uh, and then Tiffany, who's holding the idol for Xander at this moment, looks back and says, should we play this? Should we play this? Xander's like, no way we should play this. No way. That's what he's thinking. And he has to convince them and because he needs to save it. Why? He's, they're the minority now. Even if they shift things and, and Deshaun goes this time, like he understands that that's not happening at this moment, no matter what. Because if they split the votes between Evie and uh, Evie and Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. they're going to have four and four. And they only have four total, which will then go to a revote, which then that person will go home anyways. So I'm assuming Xander is already understanding this and realizing that it doesn't matter. So there was another play that could have been made, though. Okay. So I think if Sydney was thinking further ahead, okay. If she, if Sydney was really Tyson, early Tyson, okay? Okay. Sydney should have voted for Evie. Don't play your shot in the dark. Vote for Evie. Why would Sydney vote for Deshaun 
throw another vote on Evie and save yourself. Because if you if there's a chance it's split, that extra vote would have sent Evie home. I love it. And let me run something else past you. Why didn't Tiffany use her extra vote to put on Deshaun and have Sydney also vote that way? And then he would have been gone as well. Yeah, but they didn't have enough time. They didn't figure it all out. And, and by the way, did Deshaun use his extra vote? I thought he yeah, did. He did. He did. He used an extra vote and he put one on Tiffany. Uh, sorry, he put one on each. He put, no, he, I think he put them both on Evie, but that gave the, ah. him using the extra vote. They had four on Evie and five on Sydney. So even if okay. Sydney had used her vote on Deshaun and they used the extra vote on Deshaun, that's five on Deshaun. It's a five five okay. split. Sydney goes home. Mm-hmm. Uh, still but I don't think what. they realized Deshaun had an extra vote of that. I mean, how are you going to figure all that out when you're whispering a travel? Evie council? knew. That's- Evie knew that he had the extra vote because she went to Shipwell Island with him, so she would right, have remembered. Yeah, she, yeah Evie did her know that. choice on the thing. Yeah, but I don't even understand necessarily why Deshaun played it. Yeah, yeah. they, they wouldn't I, have known that. That makes sense it. now. Because it's but four, it was smart four, of him. To, yeah. He was smart of him to play it because he yeah. probably knew that Xander had an extra vote, so he was like, "The max they can do is put five on me." So if I use my extra vote and obviously he had coordinated this with his alliance because, you know, he actually put them both on Evie. You only have four. But the fact that they got five votes on Sydney meant they're good. Like they, they are set, basically, I guess, unless they'd used the idol. Well, uh, unless the shot in the dark advantage goes differently or they use the idol and the extra vote and they get five on yeah. Deshaun and they use the idol. Or correctly Sydney, on Sydney would have voted for Evie. Like when, you're, yeah, when that, you know that, it's that between you and somebody yeah. else, like. There's always a, I you always do. think if you know you it's being split, you, you vote for the person that it's being split between. But the thing is, is that because I've been in a scenario, on your alliance, right? Yeah. But the, the, the scenario is that like I've approached people and been like, Hey, the votes are being split. You got to vote this way or you're going home. There's too much pride there. And you feel like, Oh, they're just gaming me anyways. And now I'm going to look extra dumb. Cause I'm going to do the thing they told me to do. And then it ended up not working out for me anyways. So That's I true. think that, like in this moment, it's probably a little bit different, and Sydney possibly should have voted Evie. Uh, but it, uh, I like the shot in the dark play too. I think what should have happened is they all should have played their shot in the dark, everybody in that alliance. And can you pass the shot in the dark to another person? Okay, now this is the question I have about shot in the dark. Is it one in six for each person? So the odds, yes. do, they're the same for each one. Yes. Okay, so it's so, not like, okay, yeah. So let's say all four of them rolled their shot in the dark. One of them got it and said, I'm not playing this for myself, though. I'm mm-hmm. playing it for Evie. And then the idol gets played on Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have been a pretty fun play as well. Uh, we didn't get it. What we got was uh, Sydney going home. And uh, that was heartbreaking because she was a fun character. And uh, her closing remarks. Uh, I'm glad I'm not on the jury, so I don't have to see any of their faces ever again. That's great. Whatever That's I great. have outside the game is 500 kajillion times better than what they have. Something like that. I love it. I love it. That's like I yeah. said. I I like the the angry ones. The like the fu's. You know, like yeah. when people are out yeah. there. Yeah. Screw you. Come on. And it is like, true. It is true yeah. though. Like to be on the jury and select one of those people to win a million dollars, like you really yeah. don't care at that point. It's not yeah. you. You're just like, get me out of here. And now and you you've also to... been like hanging out forever. Yes. Just want to go home, right? Yes, exactly. You just want to go home. Uh, then we get the next episode teaser. Ooh. Next episode. Shan wants Evie out. Liana wants Tiffany out. Danny wants yeah. Nasir out. Uh, lots of people want Xander out. 
some people actually want Heather out. <laughs> Who's Heather again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I this is the part when I saw that, I was like, okay, I love Survivor so much and I don't know if it needs all of this. Like we may be we may be bordering on a little too much. Like there may be too many twists and too many advantages and too many idols and too many things that are out there because like when there's just chaos, like I always, it's almost like the first vote, right? When there's just like the first vote and there's like, I don't know, three votes on one person. There's not really an alliance yet. I, I think by now you really want to start seeing alliances forming and, and people like, like, and, and I don't know if it's making it possible for that to happen. I think there just might be too much chaos. Right. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, chaos is good TV. Yeah. It does make it hard to navigate the game in a way that is strategic. And so, yeah, it remains to be seen. I think uh, I like this episode. I did, yeah. I would uh, rate it pretty high as a grade. What grade would you give it out of, uh, let's go old school with A plus being the highest? Oh, I think that's more like a B plus, A minus. Okay. Because there were moments where it could have been better, right? Yeah, yeah. There could have been like a few extra Erica layers there. could have been a little more. Like, I mean, he sold it as like the most power any player has ever had in the game. I thought for sure when he said that, he, she was going to be right on exile the whole... No, I thought she was going to have um, be on exile until the end. Like, you can stay here on exile until the end of the game, or oh. you can return to the game, right? Yeah. Like, you could just decide oh, to stay there and like that would have been a pretty cool decision yeah. too, actually. And like also, you, there's this poor young girl who like can't even be out there for one night, and she's like, "Oh shit, I got stay here the whole time." Yeah, no, that would have been <laughs> like, a great that's choice. A lot of power. That yeah. would have been a great choice. Like, you come back in at five if you choose to stay here till that time. Man, that would have been a fun twist. Uh, uh, Jeff Probst, I know he's listening to this, so uh, that's just some ideas for next time, uh, he next sold season. It though. He yeah. sold it. I, I, I like that they're. Ma- I, I like that they're playing with the game. I like that they're trying different things. Did they make it shorter this year because of COVID? Is that why? Yeah, that's le- initially was, why. They just wanted to see why it was. Yeah, because you know, they everybody had to quarantine before the show, yeah. so they're already gone yeah. for that amount of time. Yeah, and then if you quarantine and then do thirty nine days, you're also that's quarantining hard. all of production as well. So then that's hugely right. expensive to keep four hundred employees out for two more weeks. Plus, the contestants are now gone nine weeks instead of seven weeks. So yeah, so they shortened it. Although I think if they like it, they could keep it. And I, I don't, I don't mind it. So uh, any closing remarks on the episode before we get into Riley's uh, beard update? <laughs> um, I thought it was a good twist. I'm really enjoying, um, I think Shan to me is the most exciting character that I've seen because I love her inner, inner uh, struggle where she's like this, you know, good girl in real life. And then she has her do, 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 do. I mean, yeah. she also seems like she knows the show. So like, I can tell when somebody's watching, somebody's playing when they know, Oh, my job is to make good TV here. And I need to be entertaining in my confessionals and come up with things that they'll have fun with. Like, that's why I always thought you, you understand the show. Like, you know Thank what you're you. doing out there, right? Yes. Like you're on there and you're making good TV. Rob was always like that. I mean, there's, you know, there's people who play, they understand you're a character out there. Yeah, your I mean, check will be in playing. the mail. Yeah, and the person you are in the game is different than maybe the person you are in the confessionals. And you understand that what you're saying in the confessionals is going to air live, you know, however however long later, six months later from when you tape or something. And it's not, but but the people you're playing with aren't going to know how no, they're going to see it the first are. time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the best part is them. So being I like, think she's going to be the big regret because I think the way she's playing in the game, I think she seems like the nice girl. 
Right. Like, I don't think she showed the devious side to anybody in the game. So there, the cast is calling her every week being like, what? I didn't know you were scheming like yeah. that. Yeah. Although by the end, maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like she's sh- going to get pretty far. Yeah. They should <laughs> figure it. If they don't figure it out by the end, she's winning this thing. Yeah. Uh, Riley, let's turn it over to you. How's your beard going? I don't know if you knew this about us, Ramona, but uh, on day one, we decided to grow 26 lo- day beards yeah. because uh, we that's not like a yeah, real survivor beard. Sure. And then we decided to go to 39 days because 26 days was so easy. And uh, <laughs> day 39 uh, came and went a few days ago, but yeah. this is the first time we've uh, met to talk about it. Riley, we're at what? Day 42? 43. 43 past... Survivor Australia, which was the longest U.S. version of Survivor. Yes. How do you feel? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's it's kind of similar to last week. I don't love it. I think I'm just not a facial hair <laughs> guy. I'm at the point I where, th- like, I was. I set you the, up to say it's growing on me. Oh, that's well. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that one. <laughs> that's okay. Um, it, it, but it's uh, it's growing on me, but it's not. It's not growing on me. Okay. Uh, it's growing yeah, on you like, physically, but not emotionally or... Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay, correct. got it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like the the mustache, like it kind of like touches my lips now in a way that's like very oh, yeah, unpleasant. Don't like it. Wait, yeah. yeah, not Wait a fan. Wait till it touches your food as you put it in your mouth because that's uh, where I I'm won't. at. The, the great thing is I won't because I feel like now I'm done. I, I, I It's 43. We're, we're at the end of how long a Survivor season has ever been for the U.S. and... I don't Riley. think I can go on any longer, Tyson. I Riley. know, I know you're going to try and twist my arm here, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set. I think I'm going to shave this thing off literally in like ten minutes when we hop on this pod. Riley, it's really we, just kind of a mustache and goatee. It's not. I mean, there's just kind of patches on the side there, though. Ramona, it's so much worse in person because you're getting the Zoom version <laughs> where it's all the the internet like helps kind of yeah. fuzz, make us all fuzzy. This part, it like around my cheeks and my jawline, uh-huh. it's so bad. It's just yeah. these scraggly hairs that stick out. Like it's yeah. it's honestly disgusting. I can't do it any longer. Riley, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. We should see how we look if we won Australian Survivor, which is what fifty five days. Oh, like the really? actual Australian Survivor? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the actual Australian Survivor, the Australian version of Survivor. Yeah, I don't know. And then we should see what it would be like to play two Survivor seasons back to back, like some contestants have done in the past. But they shave. They shave in between. They get probably, but we don't know that for sure. Let's just see if we can do it. You know? Do you just get Uh, to a point where you don't care about how how much you stink or how bad you look? Out there or in real life? No, out there. Out there. yeah, although once your mustache starts growing into your mouth, it's pretty annoying. And when your fingernails yeah. and toenails get extra long, that's also gross. And so there are some things where you're just like, oh, I just wish I had fingernails because I cannot bring myself to bite my they fingernails. Let the, they let the women shave their arms, though, right? Nope. nope. It seems like they do. No, the camera's just not fully picking it up, but you'll see oh, shots okay. of hairy armpits and stuff. Oh. So, yeah. See, but that a lot would of, me. A lot that of would them be like wa- one of my... Hmm. A lot of them go get laser before. Oh, smart. Yeah. So yeah, then smart. there's that. So if you are that concerned with it, then you would go get your laser hair treatments and stuff. Like, I, I think quarantine's taught me, like, I don't care about smelling. Like, it's just people it's just, just smell sometimes. A beautiful, natural thing. Yeah. I don't know. Matthew McConaughey just like leaned in. He was like, I don't smell anymore. And you're like, yes, right? you do. Like, that, <laughs> you don't smell yourself anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, that's um, so good. By the so, way, right. nobody said anything about my Vista Viano hat. Like this is a collector's item here. Riley, 
Yeah, it, it's great. I don't I, even know what that is. It's uh, the Donald Sterling. Uh, um, Rona, mistress. you can explain it. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, it's the Donald Sterling mistress. mistress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just pulled this out from a little while ago, and I was you like, "You did a podcast oh, yeah. on the whole thing, right?" Yeah. Yeah. Did the big, did the thirty for thirty on it, and she yeah. was like the one person that like is just the best character. And uh, so I had the hat from a friend of mine had got some at the time, and and uh, I was like, I could wear these to Viana Pot. Like she hasn't had any like shout outs in a while. I think she, it's time like, to bring you know, her back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it took me a minute. It took me a minute to remember. I was like, Vista Viana, I recognize that yeah. name, but it took me a minute to actually remember who yeah. that was because it, ha- it has been a minute. Yeah. Well, she, she, she was, she had the visor, remember? She did like the Daft Punk visor and she'd go roller skating and stuff. And she sold those. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they'd probably be worth something somewhere, right? Somebody's got to collect those. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. there's a market for everything, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like quite an NFT or anything, but. Not um, yet. No, I thought, not yet. Not yet. Be, uh, Riley, are we going 55 days or no? Uh, I'd love to oh, see you go 55 so days, but I- I'm out. I can't. I-, I go to the grocery store now and I feel like uh, it's t- it, like even, you know, on the sides of like my mask, it's like people can see oh. that I just look like a ridiculous, lazy person who hasn't Such shaved good in a character month. building for you, though. You know, like it's really building. That it's a character. good ex- it's a good experiment. Uh, okay. And I encourage people at home to try it to, to see what they'll learn about themselves. But I, I think I'm at the end of the road for me. Well, next season, we're going to beat our record and go uh, 44 days. Uh, we can discuss then, it. Okay, we'll discuss <laughs> it. We're, we're going to put it in your contract, actually. Riley, uh, we have your survivor superlatives. Yeah, let's run through them. So, okay. uh, yeah, Ramona, we do this every week. We just kind of do a few and sort of, it's pretty quick and easy. All right, so let's do best move of the episode. Uh, I thought the best move, was Xander giving the his his idol Tiffany the best play? I thought was just Deshaun's read on the game in general. Like at camp, it seemed like he always had his finger on the pulse, and also in, in tribal council, it seemed like he had a read on everything and knew that he needed to, uh, you know, remaneuver a little bit before they went to voting. So I would say just Deshaun's read on the game in general was the best play. So Riley, what uh, do you think was the best play of the game? Yeah, I think it was uh, Xander just somehow getting the votes off of Evie, but also keeping his idol. Uh, even though Sydney goes home, obviously he's not nearly as tight with Sydney as he is with Evie. So I thought that, that was pretty, like zooming out, I was like, that was actually pretty impressive that they made it out of here both with the idol and with Evie. Yeah. Right. That was okay. imp- impressive. Okay, fine. All right. Maybe your <laughs> choices are better than mine. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just an opinion. Uh, worst move. Uh, worst move for me was, uh, initially I had written that, uh, Tiffany not playing the extra vote and, and, uh, but then when you broke it down and said that Deshaun had played his extra vote and Tiffany's extra vote would not have mattered anyways, then man, I don't know, probably Sydney playing the shot in the dark and not just voting for Evie. Okay. Ramona, Ramona. I'll say Liana the trying not figuring out that Xander gave the idol to somebody else, right? I mean, that was obvious that he was doing I mean, I just thought he was over the top. As you said, his acting was not all that, <laughs> not all that right. convincing. I thought it was just everybody 
telling everyone about everything. everything. Like almost yeah. everybody yes. made this error. But I, I thought especially Xander telling everybody that he knew about Liana's advantage. It's like you want her to play it incorrectly. So don't make don't let her know. You know it'll get back to her. Don't let her know that you know because then she could have she could have you know thought hey it's probably in Tiffany's pocket actually. That I that was actually pretty dumb of him. I saw that too. But uh, if that was going to be the worst move, that's going to be the worst move for every Survivor episode uh, from here on out till the end of time, I think. It's unreal. So at some it's, point, someone's going to realize to keep one thing to themselves and then that person's going to win so? Survivor. You do think so. Yeah, you think that's totally. going to happen. Okay, uh, what, else, what else do you have? Favorite moment. Uh, Ramona, you have a favorite moment off the top of your head? I thought it was, um, was kind of good when... Um, Erica came back and she had like, she'd had her two nights in the wilderness and she had, you know, like she got through it and she found some inner strength. Right. Like I always like those. Cause I, I do think that would probably be really hard. I mean, you could do it cause you've been on survivor a number of times, right? Like, you know how to have a night in the wilderness, but that was definitely hard for her. And she made it okay. And she didn't cry. She yeah. made she, right? At least she almost did. She almost she did almost a bunch did. of times. Yeah. Yeah. Quivering. If she did, they would have showed her, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sitting there in yeah. the rain. She was tough. She got through it. I'm glad yeah. she did break the. I'm glad she broke the hourglass too. She that would have been too. stupid if she didn't make yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I my favorite moment was uh, the whole Xander and Liana battle. Like I loved the back and forth there, and like wondering yeah. who was going to like beat who by what degree as they shifted and maneuvered, and were trying to predict what the other person was going to do, and trying to persuade the other person to do the thing they wanted him to do. And I just liked watching that all play out. I wish uh, I loved Xander giving the idol and advantage to Tiffany instead of Evie. That was genius uh, because he had gotten rid of it almost by two degrees of separation there. And then uh, uh, I was really hoping that Liana then would have adjusted knowing he was going to do something like that by taking Nasir's idol instead, uh, like we discussed earlier, but still really fun to watch it play out. Yeah. Yeah, that that's mine too. Especially when Xander when when Liana asks, like, oh, do you have an idol? And Xander kind of paused for a second and he was like, Yeah, oh, you can have Slow this fake. I don't even dislike Liana, but I was just like, oh, that feels so good. Like, got yeah. her. <laughs> I like Liana too, and that still felt so good to me too. That's how I felt. I was like, why do I like this so much when I have always loved Liana on the yeah. show? Yeah. And then, but at the same time, like, I was like, I want Xander to get her, but then I want her to get him back. And then I yeah. want him to get her. Like, I was like, I just want it to like totally. go like seven yeah. levels deep. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Front runner to win. Uh, front runner to win. I mean, for me, I, just the way I'm seeing Deshaun maneuver, I feel like he's so yeah. smart and strong and thinking, but. He's also very exposed right now. If he can kind of sink back into the shadows a little bit, I think he's got a great shot. If not, I'm going to go with Nasir just based on the fact that like he's wow. kind of avoided the chaos a little bit and yeah. has kind of bounced in between and everybody kind of feels like he's their buddy and nobody's really counting him as a threat. Huh. Okay. He'd be a disappointing winner to me because I don't feel like I've seen him strategize. I like people who win who strategize. Um, I'm going to give you an answer of who I think will win and who okay. I want to win. Okay? okay. Okay. I want Shan to win. I am impressed with her in the way she's just doing stuff. She's just, she's, she's make, I like the way she plays relationships and the way she thinks. I think she's probably playing too hard. 
And I think people are going to figure that out. So I don't think she will win. Um, I like your call on Deshaun, but I'll go a little different on that because I think he'll be, um, I think, I honestly think it could be like a Tiffany. Like she's so not in the firing line. She's a vote that people would want to carry to the end. She's not really going to win any challenges. Seems to be pretty social. Doesn't seem like a threat. Like I feel like she could make it kind of to the end. Um, Somebody will just take her uh, for a while. And then she is a pretty good social player though. And I feel like she could just be one of those winners that kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, I like that choice. I think yeah. uh, that's a good like surprise. Definitely like, not come Heather, from... though. No offense to Heather. Yeah. Seems like a perfectly who, nice lady, but we just have Who is Heather? Yeah. Yeah. The other <laughs> Tiffany. The other <laughs> Tiffany. Uh Riley, who do you got? Yeah, yeah I'd say I, I feel like a lot of people are in the mix for me, but I, I was I like Deshaun too as an answer. He's kinda he was somebody I didn't really think was in the mix before this episode, but he just had the right read on everything and I liked how they focused on his social game and how he's well liked and i think that's the type of person who often wins yeah yeah like four times he had the correct read when people were telling him that he was just being like paranoid and trying to shrug it off but his name has already come up so like the fact that his name has come up as somebody to vote for i don't like that usually you want to be a little in the shadows you know if his name sinks back and we don't hear his name for an episode or two, then I think yeah. he will be then a strong front runner. Yeah. And I could see Evie too, by the way, like Tiffany or Evie could be those yeah. kind of good. Evie could win some challenges too. Like Evie could win an immunity challenge at the right time and get in there, you know, as a, you know, I, I, but like, I, I didn't say Evie because her name already came up, right? Like you already, she on the firing line today. I've said Evie previously for this, and I think it's mm-hmm. as far as like Evie and Deshaun's names coming up, it, it's hard because most of the tribe was immune at this one. So there were a yes. limited number of people whose names even could come up. Evie came up because she was the only only non-Luvu that was vulnerable. So maybe if if it had been a normal all 12 people, like maybe she would have been in the shadows. Evie seems well liked too. Like people seem to like a nice social player too. Yeah. Did she was you- a victim of circumstance kind of. She was. She definitely was. And uh, that's just, you know, Survivor. Not fair. It's not fair, Riley. Nope. Uh, okay, we can do the last one. The last one is who do you think will be the next boot? I think Evie. I think, uh, I mean, I think people are now recognizing that she is a threat. And she skated by this time, even though she kind of was the person people wanted gone. And the fact that Xander still has his idol will speak people from voting Xander and uh, yeah that's and I think that even Xander himself when Deshaun said that Evie had told him stuff about Xander then Xander now maybe isn't even as tight with Evie as he was Mm. so I feel like she's kind of left out a little bit here I think um, Ricard is in a dangerous position because I'm not like, I think there's an alliance for like Liana, Shan, Danny, and Deshaun, I think are a pretty strong alliance. He's number five on that. Right. Um, He's on the outskirts and doesn't know it. Yeah. And they could easily take Ricard out or Nasir out if they, you know, that they could be taken out uh, or they could sacrifice one of their own. Now, Danny seems to have this thing about not voting the guys out. So maybe it really will be a woman, you know, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of foreseeing this sort of, Tiffany and Heather sort of get carried as votes coming up. So it feels like it's going to be a guy to me. Right. Yeah. Like you can use those votes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say Ricard as well, uh, because he, he wasn't shown on this episode to be reconnecting with Shan. He wasn't shown to be connecting with really anybody. And uh, he threw out Nasir. He was like one of the first, they, they all got together and he was like, who are you thinking? And he was like, oh, I'm kind of thinking Nasir. And everybody was like, yeah, no, we're not voting Nasir. So I don't know if he has a good read with uh, these other people, at least with what the edit has shown us. Uh, not, you know, and if he had been vulnerable this episode, Ramona, like you were saying earlier, yeah. I think that he probably would have been in the Evie or, or probably worse off than Sydney. Even he would have been super vulnerable. Yeah. Although he seems like the type who will realize he's on the bottom and start making moves. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited not to see. Not a sitting duck out there. No, definitely not. And no, <laughs> yeah. a lot of them aren't. Like that's what's making yeah. those seasons so fun. Like Deshaun yeah. fighting this tribal council. So, uh, Hopefully lots of fireworks in our future. Uh, That does it for The Pod Has Spoken this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We don't have time for a a super follower call-in from my Twitter account, uh, hopefully next time. Uh, Ramona, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? All things Ramona. Yeah. Twitter, you're Um, on Twitter, you're on Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram. Instagram's kind of turned into pictures of my kid all the time. I don't know. So I'm mostly on Twitter. You can hit me at, at Ramona Shelburne or um, I, I'm on uh, NBA today on Mondays and Wednesdays usually. So check out that if you want. Um, also, if you're just driving out in LA, I'm always on 710 ESPN. If you're looking oh. to sports talk, driving around. I thought you were going to tell us your physical location in Los Angeles <laughs> where we'd be nope. like, I-10 at 530 yeah. to 930 in traffic. <laughs> Go ahead. Go drive out there. 530 tonight. Yeah. Let's see if I'm there. Let's just see. Okay. I may as well check it out. I don't got a lot going on. Uh, okay. Well, uh, that's a lot of information. We'll follow you all of those places. Yep. Riley, you're on Twitter too, right? Yeah, pretty much. Twitter is the only place where you'll find anything inter- interesting from me. So maybe I'll tweet out a, uh, a photo of my mug after I shave this. Before yeah, and after, please. Should, yeah. We need okay. a day 43 uh, next to a freshly shaven uh, Riley. Also, <laughs> All right, we can uh, make that happen. Riley, I uh, also saw on Twitter before we close that uh, your beard is getting mentions on other Ringer podcasts, oh, which wow. is bringing you more fame and notoriety, which means that I've actually done you a favor. It was an athletic podcast, actually. Yes, uh, one of my one of my writers here, Ben Solak, who uh, went on the athletic show, and he just for some reason. First thing he starts talking about is how terrible my beard looks and how ugly it is. And I was like, yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate the shout out on the athletic NFL show. You know show. when you really made it? When your beard gets its own Twitter account. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So that's something we have to look forward to. And uh, Riley uh, will learn with time, Ramona, that any press is good press. Yeah. And uh, with that, we are done. We did it. <laughs>